Decarbonizing the energy sector of modern day will be one of the most challenging obstacles of our time, but it will also present an opportunity for pioneers to achieve the impossible. Energy demand is increasing, and so is the need to produce that energy sustainably so we can reach our net zero goals. This is the Core Knowledge Podcast, where we sit down with the leaders and innovators in the geothermal energy space, tackling the challenges of modern day in order to make geothermal everywhere a reality for tomorrow. From shallow to deep, heat to electricity, and even healthcare to agriculture, we will bring to light the many benefits of geothermal. Join us as we journey across the globe to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Core Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Sestari, and this is the show where we're on a quest to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. And this show is brought to you by JRG Energy. So thank you to them for believing in the mission and supporting me on this show and being our inaugural sponsor. It's uh, really awesome to have them backing us. And I'm here this week at the GRC conference in Reno uh, because of them in part and also because of all of you that are listening out there and that have supported this show over the last year. Um, Then I'm able to even be here and meet the actual people such as some of you that listen and the ones that I've interviewed in person uh, so that I know you're real people. And uh, it's been really fun getting to uh, meet all of you and talk with you. And so uh, today I get to sit down with Christina hogstrom Ilievska uh, with Baseload Capital. Uh, and we've had Alex on the show before, but I'm excited to look at it from a different vantage point and just talk more about their strategies and their cooperations and kind of their mission and how they're working to make geothermal accessible to everyone, both from a just knowledge standpoint and understanding, but also from the actual energy perspective and projects. So uh, yeah, I will let Christina introduce herself and give her a little background on her and how she made it to this point in her career working with Baseload and Geothermal. Today's episode is brought to you by JRG Energy. A special thank you to our inaugural Core Knowledge Podcast sponsor, JRG Energy is a renewable energy project management consultancy working on geothermal projects around the world, whose mission is to provide value and develop relationships through a full suite of specialized services for the global renewable energy market. They are driven by innovation, experience, and integrity and strive daily to display these values through all aspects of their work. JRG Energy provides customized energy solutions, project management, engineering, technical support, consulting, and training for the renewable energy sector. JRG Energy has an extensive geothermal portfolio of projects around the world, ranging from World Bank reports to well intervention work, and they support the core knowledge mission to bring awareness to the heat beneath our feet in order to power the future. If you want to find out more, you can visit www.jrgenergy.com. JRG Energy, delivering solutions today for a better tomorrow. First, I need to hijack this. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome to. (laughs) Because we had such a sweet moment a couple of days ago when we were standing somewhere and there was this dude coming up to you and he was like, I recognize your voice. And you're like, yeah, I'm... I'm." I am core knowledge. Yeah, Yeah. you're core knowledge. Uh, So congratulations on this podcast. I really think that you're doing a great job with this. And it's it's an important quest that you're at. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate that. It is a cool thing when someone knows you by your voice. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. it was really sweet, actually. Uh, So my name is Kristina Hagstrom-Ilievska, and I am the chief marketing officer at Baseload Capital. Uh, But I usually describe myself as a naive optimist with rebellic streaks. So, and people like often like open their eyes, like, what, what did she say? But I think that that's exactly who I am. Uh, And what I need to say, what I want to say with that is basically that uh, I do believe that we all have a, we all have to pull our weight and I do believe that we can do it. We have done it before. We have had space races. We have had many races and I do believe that there is something happening right now in the world that we need to open our eyes to. And I do believe that geothermal is the answer to solving a big part of that puzzle. So that's why I'm here in uh, in the geothermal sector 
being the naive optimist and finding something that I believe in that can actually solve uh, the climate issue that we have. Uh, the rebellic streak, I, I do believe that uh, some of you who are listening have actually noticed that before uh, in the podcast, the Switch Not Another Podcast, we have the bullshit bottom. I usually use words and I challenge both the industry and also, of course, my colleagues and, and people around me because I do think that um, it's easy to go into the narrative where you just do as you've always done and to be able to solve the issues that we have right now, we really need to think differently. And uh, that's why I try to be a bit rebellic and try to push forward. Yeah. So that's a little bit about me. Um, but if if I'm telling my story in that sense, I'm from Sweden, born and raised in Stockholm, but with the, my mother is from Macedonia. So I'm both the calm Swedish person with the analytical side and the temperament from the Balkans, so have both sides there. Um, I uh, studied and I became a teacher okay. from the beginning, and then I continued to educate myself within sales and marketing and communication, and I was teaching for many years in Dale Carnegie, and in that sense I came into management, and uh, I've uh, been working in management now for 15 years okay. uh, as a, a manager in sales, marketing, and now I'm actually back now at baseload yeah. representing there. Yeah, mm. no, that's awesome. No, I think the, I think that was a very eloquent way of describing, you know, being curious or someone that just is not willing to sort of sit back and let things just be the way they are and, and keep the status quo. But I think challenging, challenging what you see in a good way of not being someone who's trying to, you know, argue with people, but just genuinely like, I like on, on the switch, not on their podcast. It's been really fun to watch and listen because you challenge just thoughts that sometimes people don't ever really, they just kind of go with what they know and they just accept it as the norm and they don't ever really take time to ask themselves like, is there another way or could there be another solution? They just kind of, and I've seen that in my career in oil and gas that some of the people that have been there for 30 plus years just mm. think that there's only like, there's just one way to do things. There's one solution. There's no room for alternative energies. They have all these, you know, stuck in their way thought processes. And I've always just found that to be like unproductive. I don't mm. feel like you really get anything done when people are unwilling to just listen to uh, other ideas or hear people. So I think that's a yeah, but really listen, Edison trait. said like, uh, I had, what was it? 990 failures that actually made this come true. And I, I think that we can learn a lot from understanding that we just need to try things in different ways. I mean, I was, my mother and father raised me to always ask a question. Yeah. Uh, I remember going to, going to the doctors and she was asking me like, what would you like to ask the doctors? So not being afraid of hierarchies or, or, uh, or any other thing that, I mean, it's only people, it's you yeah. and me, we're sitting here and, and what can be scary about that yeah. in a sense. So being able to ask yourself, I think that everyone, you know, when you go into a situation, you have a question in your head, you want to yeah. ask, or you have maybe have a doubt or something like that, but you often stop yourself and saying like, nah, nah, this is not important or yeah. I shouldn't or someone else has a better idea. I think that we should re really release that uh, and make sure that we do we do ask that question. Yeah. I think that collaboration is born that way. And I mean, look back in history, the biggest developments have been just like that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's true. I definitely, I definitely resonate with that because there's a lot of times that I, I'm in meetings or in places that I I suppress my questions or thoughts because I think those exact things of like, ah, it's not really worth bringing it up or, you know, asking the question because it may not be, it may make me look like I don't know what I'm talking about or other things, which I think is definitely just a, yeah, it's, it doesn't help. It's not a helpful thing. I think asking there are, you know, I, I remember when you're a kid, people say there's no dumb questions to mm -hmm. ask. And I think, I think it's true that I don't think, I mean, you never know if your question may you know, help someone else understand something that's afraid to ask the question or even just for yourself or help you grow in ways you just don't. And if you don't ever ask it, you just won't ever know. So I think I've learned that a lot in the last year with geothermal, as I've been learning about it, or even just doing the podcast that I've never done something like this before. There was a lot of kind of having to ask a lot of questions and, you know, do a lot of things that I was uncomfortable with. But now it's uh, looking back over a year, it's really cool to see the 
what I've learned in the growth. So I think it's, um, that applies to all kinds of things. So I think good it's good. Example. Yeah. yeah. Good so, example. well, let's talk about that theme with baseload and I want to bring it up since I've heard it, but I want you to kind of tell for the audience, cause I think it's useful to start here is sort of the story you told about the book or about your, you know, about looking at your son and him not, he was asking you what geothermal was and you were trying to find him, uh, you know, material You're on it. telling the story. <laughs> So I'll let you tell the story. You <laughs> yeah. tell it way better. Uh, no, uh, you know, I came into uh, I came into the industry about three years ago, uh, and I had done a previous job for Baseload. I was there, and I produced a movie for them in the beginning, and it took about two years. And I had a really good connection with Panilla, who is our COO, and uh, she called me and she asked for help. They wanted to have some perspective on on the marketing and communication, and I went in. And I started like researching and trying to find out what baseload was, what they wanted, the industry. But I got stuck a little bit because it was difficult. If you're from the outside perspective, it's difficult to understand what is actually geothermal, what, uh, how does it work, what, you know, (laughs) EGS, AGS, (laughs) you know, there are so many words you need to learn. And I was Googling and trying to find out a lot of things. And, uh, about like a week or two in, uh, I remember my son asking me to explain, like, what what is it that you're working with? And I realized I can't explain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, son. Yeah. It's difficult. But then I thought like, okay, so there must be a book. There must be something out there. So I went to the bookstore. And I asked like, do you have a book about geothermal? There's, they're like, geo what? Geotherm? No, no, nothing like that. Okay, I went to the uh, museum actually, uh, and I said like, there must have something <laughs> here. It's like there are geo geothermal. Oh no, no, we don't have anything about it. Either. And then I went to the library. I said that they have to have something at the library, and she asked me the same question: geothermal what? You know that no one knew what it was, and it struck me that like. Wow, I so far I've realized that there is something of big potential here, but no one actually knows what it is. Yeah. And it was kind of like heartbreaking, I would say. Uh, but it got me thinking a little bit more like, okay, so what is it that we really need to do? So what we did at Baseload then at the time is that I started asking um more questions from the staff because we have great, amazing staff with a lot of experience. Like if they could explain it to me. Uh, And uh, I realized that uh, all of them, I remember I was asking them, what do we do? And actually it was difficult for them to explain. explain Yeah. Yeah, because they, I mean, we have a we have different expertise and everybody's doing different things. But I realized that okay, we need to unite under something. Yeah. But I did ask the questions, why do you work here? And then I got these beautiful answers, you know, from all the staff. It was like and I remember Simon's answer, which was like heartbreaking, is like, I want to be able to uh answer my kid when he asks me. Now my grand, no, he said like this, I want to be able to answer my grandchild when he asked me what I did uh, in the 2020s to save the world. Yeah. And he's like, wow, this is it, yeah. you know. So we started to create a vision and a mission for Baseload Capital. And basically, we realized that what we want to do is we want to create resilient societies that can, bal- can be balanced. Yeah. Uh, and where we basically want uh, where we, and we wanted to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that again. So we wanted to create resilient societies and wanted to be able to make a difference. Yeah. So that's where we started thinking about our communication. And uh, as of me being a marketing nerd and really wanting to make sure that it's understandable because marketing can actually be a bit fluffy. Yeah. So I I put the vision down into what I call a messaging architecture. Mm. Because if you think of it like this, people buy stuff. Yeah. So let's say like this, Nick, you're you're going to go and buy a car, yeah. right? Yeah. That I've done that a couple of times. You've yeah. done that a couple of times. But when you're not buying a car, are you interested in the advertisement that you there is cars everywhere? No. No. So if you would go going to buy a bed, 
when would you start looking at the advertisements when you actually when I'm actually about to go or need to purchase one yeah. yeah but if you look at how actually the mind works when someone is buying something you go from a hard no to a yes and percentage wise is that if on the on the higher level where you're actually not interested in something you you don't see the messages yeah. you don't see uh, the cars or the beds or anything uh, the next level is when you're like okay my bed it hurt my my back is hurting yeah. i should buy something new and then you're starting to think about it but you haven't made a decision yet yeah. right the next level would be when you're like okay my bed just broke so yeah. it it's not it's time, <laughs> it's time to go buy a yeah. bed yeah and that's when you actually start researching yeah. and then it's only when you enter the 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 store when you actually go in and buy and the interesting thing is that it's only then that people decide which car or yeah. which bed or which <laughs> whatever you yeah. want to buy that and and that's only 3% of the people if you look at it yeah. from that perspective huh. so wow. if 100% of people are listening to your message only 3% of them actually care enough to to listen know, to, to listen to the real actual message yeah. yeah so what happens if you are like you're out there you're screaming core 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 all the time yeah what happens to people they just tune it out they tune it out and, they get yeah. sick and tired they're probably going to like unsubscribe yeah. right mm mm-hmm. So what we need to do from a marketing perspective here is that we need to make sure that we find a way to speak to people at the right time at the right place. Yeah. But not to market only our own brand. Only yeah. So okay, so if you look at it from a then geothermal perspective, if you look at the top level, well people are not actually interested about geothermal, right? Yeah. Yeah. So those people, we still need to reach them. Yeah. Because they are the bigger mass, yeah. they're the tipping point, right? But what can we, what can we, what can we agree on with them? What are they also interested in? Well, I mean, the state of the world with all the stuff that's going on with climate change, or just you know, this basically just you know, cost of livings or poverty, all this you know, kind of those topics of the world where it feels like everybody connects, regardless of what you actually think needs to be done. It's a similar thought, at least for everyone. Exactly. So energy security, energy efficiency, we're yeah. talking about energy costs because yeah. that like everybody is interested in that. Everybody but wants comfort. Everybody, everybody wants, wants to be comfort, but in their home. also we have the climate change yeah. issue and and as as the example with Simon, I want to be able to tell my kids what yeah. I did in the 2020s. You know, so those are the things that we can talk to people about when they are at the level that are not interested yeah. in geothermal, all right? So the next level then would be okay so they actually are interested in the energy sector. Yeah. Right? They they want to know more about it. So they've figured out that there is something called geothermal. Okay, let's give them somewhere that they can learn about it, yeah. get inspired or making sure that they understand that it's a part of the renewable agenda, yeah. you know, all of that, all of those questions bringing them down to the next level which is okay, there are different types yeah. of geothermal. So yeah. Remember, we—I mean—this is only now when we actually start yeah. talking about AGS or EGS yeah, or whatever. All the acronyms, all, yeah, exactly. Only now are we just yeah. starting to mention them that these are the options. And the next step then being okay. So now you choose GRG, yeah, or base load, or um, or mat or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So this is how people buy so we first of all we need to understand that this is this is this is a psychological model this is how the mind works yeah. this is nothing that we've invented no, it's just yeah. like taking this but if you understand this you need to understand that you market on the two first levels and then you start to sell only by the last percentages right yeah. and if we've done a good job marketing advocating or lobbying and all of these things the sale will yeah it comes yeah it, it comes yeah. yeah so because they've heard you they've seen you without you screaming or just like being in their face yeah yeah i think that's uh i i was telling someone the other day about why i think that other energies or just companies in general have done a better job and i think it's you've brought up the example of gore-tex and things like that but it's even i was even just bringing up an example of you know an exxon or the big oil and gas companies they have commercials on tv and and billboards but they're not the the commercials and the billboards aren't about 
the like a drilling rig in there getting oil they're all about you know there's a family running around in the summertime and it's trying to basically show like the way of life is created by at the end of the commercial just as exxon and it just says like there's tagline and so people may or may not know who they are or what they do but they've just seen like well obviously they are talking about like everyone wants to have you know, our home cooled or we want to have lights on in the storm or they're showing bad weather and having power. And you're like, what does that, what does that mean? Let me Google Exxon. And then, you know, they're not going to buy anything from Exxon, but they at least now are digging. And the pictures are nice. Yeah. They're all really pretty. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And what do you get when you Google geothermal today? Very (laughs) odd looking steel and cloud look steams, maybe. Steams, you get like um, actually models, you get... uh, Yeah, you get academic paper pictures uh, and you get really, and even the steam, like, yeah, for some people, they think that might be pollution because they're used to seeing, driving by power plants on the road that are possibly emitting pollution. So they just see this ugly picture next to a beautiful... Exactly. oil rig on the ocean or this beautiful other thing. That yeah, they- but the thing is, I did a test and I, I everybody who's listening now, go in and do this, you know, like Google geothermal and then you see yeah. what comes up and then you Google wind and sun and you'll see the pictures, the difference between yeah. this. And then you Google oil. It's the same. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful, beautiful pictures. It's romantic. You're yeah. actually looking at it. It's like, this really looks amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and we even use the words, you know, we use striking oil as yeah. something positive. So this is like industries that really manage to do this. And and yes, I was taking the example now about like the psychology and how the, like the messaging architecture actually works. But, and we talked about it from a baseload perspective, but listen, this is what geothermal needs to yeah. do. Yeah. I mean, we need to figure out what's our top messaging. Uh, yeah. What's the next level? What do we want to communicate there? And what's the third level? And then, okay, only then start People selling. People be listening. Exactly. Yeah. Then we can be in the policy offices. We can be in the you know schools for education. Then at that point, then things can start entering into areas that we need because we finally have broken past the confusing science project or weird technology that people just kind of associate with Iceland or New Zealand. And they think, Oh yeah, that's cool that they do that, but that's not really anything that, you know, even that someone was talking here about the plant that's in Reno, there's a power plant in the middle of the neighborhoods, like two miles, three miles from this hotel. And some people have no idea that it, it exists and they lived their whole lives. And so it's a hundred megawatt power plant that provides probably most of the power that they use on a daily basis and they have no idea that it's there. And so you're like, well, that's a, that's a problem that the consumers that are using that electricity have no idea that there's a power plant two miles from their home. You know, we've heard a couple of examples. I know that uh, Andy Blair took an example on the policy, uh, on the messaging uh, panel where she said, like, we need to let people understand what it actually, what what geothermal actually gives them, yeah. like the energy, the security, all of these things. That's what we need to do. And I mean, Brian Jones, uh, who was moderating the second policy debate, he also mentioned that you know when people come to Washington, we confuse them yeah. because first comes if you're talking to a person that doesn't know what geothermal is. And there is one advocate coming and saying like EGS and then another one coming AGS. You know, what is is this? You know, if you're not into geothermal, you don't understand this. We need to speak on a different level. And I think that there are so many people, so many bright people in this industry that have said it so many times, but we need to start acting on it as well. I mean, we can't just say that we should do this. We should come to come to uh, a situation where we don't do. Yeah. It's like GRC, you know, they said it on that panel. And I mean, I know that there's some people that are doing it and Baseload has a a phenomenal model and is leading the way, which I love. But there's the idea that we're always almost so close knit as a geothermal community that we almost aren't ever out. You know, other industries and corporations are almost seeming, it seems like sometimes that they don't even work their day jobs, that all they do is go out and talk about how great what they do is to make people understand the value behind it. And I think geothermal, I've said this on the show before, I think geothermal does itself a disservice when it talks about, you know, utility scale based like power or closed loop or 
EGS or heat pumps, we always we always act like there's four different silos when in reality it's just all geothermal. So it doesn't and, need to and be listen, split. Listen, I mean, let's uh, let's give credit to the geologists and geoscientists out there. They are right. We yeah. need to speak about these things, and we need to understand the difference. I mean, there is like, I mean, honestly, there there is a lot to understand about yeah. geothermal uh, in order it's very to do complex, that. Yeah. But the thing is that we need to make a difference. What's the message? Yeah, what are we getting out? And what do outwards? we talk about? And we need to understand that we need to talk to people in a way that they can actually understand. Yeah. Uh, and while when we understand and when when we have them, that's when we need to start talking about the difficult things. Yeah, because then the consumers, you know, or the people at that bottom of the ones that the three percent of people are the ones who are going to drive the change to demand geothermal for their neighborhood or for their kids school or for whatever they're going to be like well i think this is what we need to do and then when local elections or things come around where you're putting people in mm. the senate or in you know other countries in the government then they're the ones voting the people in now that do geothermal or do whatever it is that they need uh and i think that's your story is perfect when you go to three or four different places and people look at you like you're speaking a different language mm. when you say geothermal is means that we're not doing enough to because sweden has a lot of heat pump i mean sweden's got some of the like is like one of the largest uh you know heat pumps for homes uh, in the world but i don't know if i mean i didn't know it until someone told me on the show so it's kind of that funny thing or i mean it's uh not publicized enough or talked about enough i think maybe. that's an ex excellent example where you're bringing up now uh as you said there uh i think i don't remember the percentage here but i think it's like more than 50% of the Swedish houses have, the Swedish villas, I must say, yeah. have heat pumps. Uh, but we don't associate them uh, to geothermal. Yeah. So there you have like an education camp. Yeah. So there is so much out there going on. We just need to make people understand that it is. Yeah, that it is thing. geothermal, yeah. Uh, I, I want to actually, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, the the... Gore-Tex example. Yeah. Uh, I want to give credit to Peter Tate that we, when we start talking and when we started talking together with him, he came up with this idea and I, I kind of like love it. Yeah. Gore-Tex is uh, the thing you have on jackets to make them waterproof. Yeah. Right. And you wouldn't go out today buying ski equipment or clothes for your kids that yeah. is not Gore-Tex. And yeah. this is what I think that this is an example of a message that and, and a marketing that is really smart. I mean, we we could, as a geothermal society, be a part of an ecosystem where people actually demand it. Yeah. It's like, no. Okay, so how is my energy mix? How how big of a how big part is geothermal in yeah. my energy mix? I would like to know that. Yeah. Because it's important, because it's a base load. Yeah. And I want to rely on that. You know. The same way as Gore-Tex has done so that you don't even think about it. It's just a part. Just buy it. And Nike has it. Puma has yeah. it. Everyone has it. Yeah. It's, but it's not their own brand. It's it's Gore-Tex. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I it's, think it's brilliant. It's a, uh, yeah, you, when you brought that example up, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, yeah, you don't even, my brain doesn't even think when you do it. You just go and you just go to the hiking boots or the the rain jacket or whatever and you look for the you turn the tags over and you're like oh Gore-Tex and then you're like it's waterproof so that's good but there could be four or five other waterproof options right next to that but that doesn't I don't even you don't even look at it and it's mm -hmm. just a very fun it's it shows you the true power of like messaging and marketing or just symbols I mean think about Nike or some of these big symbols that anyone in the world if you showed them a picture of mm -hmm. it could put could tell you what that what that company is, what they you know are about, or what you they do. You just have do. to say the word swoosh, and you know yeah. exactly. You're like Nike. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> it's that simple that people's brains are wired to. Uh, you know, energy is obviously a little a little different, but I mean, I think geothermal should be a dining room conversation or a friend group conversation. There shouldn't be some disconnect where the only people that talk about it are the ones that work in it or the academics studying it in the labs. There should be yeah. a public. Um, no, but you know, we need to get to the situation I, and I'm always telling this story uh, again and again. I mean, you should say sun, wind and geothermal. Yeah. I mean, if we're talking about renewables. Those are the things. Yeah. Um, and to disclose a little bit more details, if you remember the messaging architecture that I spoke about a bit earlier, 
Uh, for basal power, we have the same four levels. Yeah. And what we have done is that we created a product for each level. Yeah. So that's why we have the switch, not another podcast. Because, and that's why we interview many other than just yeah. geothermal companies. So if you notice that it's uh, every sixth episode is geothermal, something like yeah. that, I try to do it in, in that sense because I want everyone to listen to it that is actually interested in energy, energy. or energy transition yeah. or green or anything of that sort. I want them to listen to it and I want them to be reminded every now and then about geothermal. Yep. Uh, so... That's like one of the project. If you're looking at the top, uh, the higher level, then we have the base level webinars. Yeah, that, that's to spread the awareness to start collaboration. Then we have our coffee with base load, yep. which is the next level. And have you done a fika? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't. We need to go <laughs> and need, do a fika. Yes, we need to. Yeah, definitely. I need to do it. Yeah, if you don't know what fika is, it's a three o'clock afternoon. Big cup of coffee, strong, not the American kind. <laughs> <laughs> not our weak coffee <laughs> no, here. It's a strong coffee. And you take your cinnamon bun or any mm. other sweets. Sounds so, really good. Yeah, it's a really good. And, and you sit and talk. Yeah. And that's the nice thing. That's the nice thing. So we have coffee with baseload. Yeah. And then the last product is newsletter or any leaflet or whatever we need to produce in order to sell. Yeah. So what would be the geothermal community product? Yeah. What product should we have? in order to really spread the word. Yeah. Is that a conference where we invite, so I'm, I'm throwing out ideas here now, <laughs> yeah. maybe a conference um, that we cooperate with um, other energy, uh, yeah. uh, re other renewables, a renewable energy. Yeah. Yeah, not just a conference. thermal conference or a wind we, conference. Exactly. Or, yeah. We meet a lot of new people. A lot of new stories can be told. I mean, it's it's mind-boggling what we can actually do and how big of a reach yeah. we can have. Yeah. No, I think that we have to, you know, that you have to think about how you collaborate or how you just get your name in front of things more, but in a way that's not pushy. Like you said, you're not just screaming geothermal. You're just, you're just doing kind of the overarching, like, hey, look, this is also just part of the same solution that everyone's talking about. Everyone in the government's talking about energy transition. Every, everybody everywhere is talking about this, and so are we, and we want to be a part of it. And then mm -hmm. once they ask you, well, then what is that? What are you doing in the energy transition? And then you talk to them about the geothermal. Then they get further down the line, and then they realize that that could be power for their home when a winter storm comes in Texas, that they don't lose power. And that mm. would be a very, that everybody can resonate with that, you know, theme of having secure power and reliable power. So I think we have to do a good job at these conferences that we're at, but also once we leave here as a, as an organization, as a industry working together to figure out what that hierarchy looks like that, you know, baseload's done, but on a scale of the entire thing from top down and so i think um it's super important hey there everybody it's your host nick sestari just wanted to take a break here uh, from this episode thank you everyone for tuning in thus far hope you're enjoying uh, this wonderful episode i just wanted to take a moment to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by JRG Energy, delivering solutions today for a better tomorrow. So thank you, JRG Energy, and enjoy the rest of this amazing episode. And thank you for your support. Yeah, I think it's super important. And, and again, going back to, um, I mean, to be able to do this, we need to bury the hatches. I don't know if there are any hatches. I think that everybody are good with each other in a sense, but we need to understand that we are not in competition with each other. Yeah. Everyone in the geothermal community is in competition with something else. Yeah. We should be collaborating to be a bigger part of the energy mix. 0.4% right now yeah. in the States. That I mean... It's basically nothing. And our potential is... Enormous. Yeah. So what we need, what we really need to do here is like make sure to start talking to each other. Yeah. And trying to find collaborations here. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I know I've got the question like, why? Why are you? Why are you telling everybody about your uh, strategy in communication? Isn't that like giving away secrets? And I'm like, no. No. It's yeah. the opposite. If, if. If our messaging architecture gets copied, I'm the most happy yeah. because 
then I know that this will spread. That geothermal is going to actually spread and be known. Yeah. Exactly. And when geothermal gets bigger, so does baseload. Yeah. I mean. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's true. The working together and not looking at it as a competing against anything or oil and gas or anyone or anything is, is a important mindset to keep that even when we're at these conferences, it's like, obviously startups have some things that are confidential because that's just the nature of as they grow. But in terms of strategies or communication, I think we should all, frankly, I would love to see them all do the exact same thing that baseload does on their own scale. So that then on the larger scale, there's the same thing happening at every company. So mm. people everywhere can't help, but be, like they're just in their face in a way that it's not just yelling geothermal, but it's, there's all these little, you know, webinars or there's all these things around that people are like, wow, I just stumbled upon this. And now I've found like eight more. And I just keep hearing about geothermal in my state. I had no idea that my state even had renewed. I didn't even know that was a thing. And then now, now you're, they can't help but not listen to it or talk about it. But mm -hmm. I think with, you know, only one company doing it, you're right. Yeah, it's silly for someone to just hold that and say, like, it's our own thing. And that's exactly the psychology we want to get to. I mean, look at, like, when you want to buy a car or even yeah. with a bed. I mean, like, when you start seeing something, I mean, when you start understanding something, where you're dropping little small pieces of information to someone, and suddenly, as you said, you see something about geothermal, then you read a little bit more, and yeah. something comes up, and, you know, you go further... I mean, it's the exact same thing. I mean, if you're not buying a car, you don't see the... The sales or the ads or the... Yeah. Exactly. But if you get everything implemented and, you you know, you can, like, small drops everywhere. Yeah. Then, again, once they're ready, they will know it. Yeah. It's and the material has to be simple, like you mentioned as well. If it can't be once you've gotten them interested, it's a research paper or it's some complex thing with a bunch of words they don't understand it has to be a leaflet or a very Keep simple thing yeah or, you know it's something so simple that they they just they understand it and they don't have to go to a, a scientist and ask them to explain mm. what this paper means so i think that's when you buy a car it's it's easy mm. i mean besides the salespeople sometimes but it's easy right when you know you what you want it's mm. there's no complexities of like going to you just drive to a dealership and you just point to the car and you're like that I want that one and I know what it is I I know all about what it can do for me it's fast it's got this much power all the things are easily just plastered for you there's no complex you don't have to go read up uh, on a you know study you know, it's pretty interesting Gartner um, did a research it was released a couple of years ago when they were looking at the sales process when you're buying business to business yeah and they looked at like um uh, 10 years ago, how did the sales process look like? And they saw that for a complex business, it took about a year in order to, to make yeah. the business go from, from interest to closing. Yeah. Right. And it was an involvement of around 10 people yeah. in order to do this deal. Uh, and they looked coming back to this <laughs> year, like, uh, they saw that, uh, that the actual, uh, length of the, Corporate the before the signing has gone from one year to eighteen months, mm. and the involvement of people have gone from ten to forty. <laughs> wow! Okay, so, so our business is it, it it is more complex in a sense. Yeah, and the thing is that what they also showed is that research is done by the the buying company long before. Mm they actually approach you approach yeah. you yeah. and i think that this is a like very important information to try to understand because they have already decided about you long before you are in contact yeah so even if you're trying to do like a like a, a call like a cold call or something like that they have probably already heard you up. yeah or something like that and and again, I mean, some people like sneeze and they like say, like, how do you say? It? They frown. Yeah. Yeah. Some people frown when I say like, how is your Instagram? How is your Facebook? How is, I mean, all of these things are essential today. They are. Yeah. And you have to be aware of how you look and how you're perceived yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. businesses are brought up now on, on like two months. Yeah. Uh, the Kardashian uh, yeah. I mean, how they, how she started to sell her makeup. Yeah. Everything was advertised 
on Instagram. Yeah. And she was on Forbes top 10. Yeah. What was it? Like two years later. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I- I'm sorry. I mean, old school, we need to understand yeah, that social media is a big social, deal. No, it's not, not only social media, but the marketing landscape is yeah. completely different. It is. Yeah. And we are uh, talking and working with new generations. Yeah. And they will check you up on LinkedIn. Yeah. They would. Yeah, that's <laughs> the first boring, place they go. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's true. So I it's think. also about, it's not only about marketing like your own company in a sense, but it's also, I mean, I mean geothermal needs to attract people. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and we can't uh, compete right now no. with the salaries of, for example, oil and gas. No. So people that are coming to us, they're probably driven by something else, right? Yeah. A bigger cause or something like yeah. that. And if you don't show that you are part of that bigger cause, why should they Why should anyone come? else join? Yeah. yeah. No, so, yeah. so you get lower salary and you don't have a cause. Uh, uh, okay. <laughs> sounds like not a good choice for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Well, I mean, I think all of that is, I think this is something that I know, obviously you're passionate about it. I mean, I think I am too and have brought it up on the show plenty of times and we could probably talk about it for another three or four hours because I think that I, I, I think it's just so, I mean, I know that like you mentioned before, all the technologies and all the other stuff is absolutely necessary. It's not taking that away. It's just, but I think all that stuff doesn't matter if we don't get people on the train of geothermal from just a, a messaging and story piece. Cause you can develop all the technologies and all the cool ways to extract it. But if, nobody even wants to entertain buying it or putting it on their grid, then it's like, it doesn't, it mm. doesn't matter. So mm. I think this is so important that we uh, have to do it. I, I agree. And I mean, uh, again, I'm, I'm giving credit, cred, I'm, I, I want to say again to all the people who are working on the engineering side, yeah. they are so important and I'm so thankful yeah. for what they're doing. Like, re, like inventing new technology and all of these things. And, I really do not want to disrespect. No, really yeah. not. Uh, but as you said, we need to. We need two things. We need to deliver. We need to show that the technology actually works. Yep. And to do that, we need probably to develop the technology. And to do that, we need money. Yeah. And f- to get money, we need, we need investors or people who are interested in geothermal. And then we need to market ourselves. Yeah. So you know, it's it it's a part of the value chain that yeah. we need to. No, we need to understand. We need yeah. to take it seriously. We need to do a better job at, at looking at the whole value chain for sure. Well, I think, um, well, I can't let you go before we do our three hot seat questions that I always <gasps> okay. do. According to that's, a, that's a must. So okay, cool. We will, uh, we'll kick it off with the, uh, what, a piece of advice that you would give to a younger you or just a student that's coming out of school and doesn't know, you know what they want to do or where they want to go. Uh, if I would give an advice to the younger me, that can also be applied to, to a younger generation, I would say that um, find out what is important for you, find out your values and uh, stay true to them. Yeah. Because if you're true to yourself, you're going to find businesses that you can be true to and then you're going to be able to deliver in a very like eloquent and, and high yeah. manner. I think that... It's important to try to ans- ask yourself a couple of questions. What What do you want to be? Yeah. Not what do you want to work with. No. Yeah. How that's do you want to? That's a good. That's uh, a good. Good piece of advice uh, to always to always remember that because you'll do you'll be more effective in life too if you do that. So, um, second one is across your career and all the different experiences you've had. What's uh, one of your most favorite memories or projects or locations that you've worked? Can be any of those. You know. So. Uh, I have an organization called From One to Another, okay. which is uh, an organization that I started 10 years ago. Okay. And uh, it's uh, it started with me going to, uh, after after working for 10 years, I just felt like, okay, is this it? Yeah. <laughs> is, is, am I going to work like this yeah. until I'm 60? Yeah. And I felt that I needed to do something. So I went to Kenya on a voluntary project. Okay. And uh, I was there to teach women in business, health, and in um, literacy. Oh, wow. And I went out to this village uh, out in the Kenyan landscape. It was outside of uh, Mombasa, really far out. And 
I was going to teach these women and I completely, utterly failed. Uh, I had like 60 women sitting in front of me and like, I, I promise you, like 40 or 50% of them fell asleep <laughs> trying when I was trying to teach them about business. And it was so devastating to me that, you know, I wanted to be a part of making a better world. And I yeah. thought that this was going to be my contribution. So I actually like broke down completely. I felt so sorry for myself in this situation. And uh, I called home to my now husband and boyfriend. And I said like, Hey, I'm, I'm coming home. I, I can't do this. It's, we, I, it's not working. Yeah. And he said, okay, stay there. Um, and uh, I'll be there in two weeks and you can join me back home. Right. And I said, okay. And I was sitting there, uh, after a couple of days feeling really sorry for my, for myself, like little rich white girl out in, in the far land, far, yeah. far out in the, in the Kenyan uh, bushes. And I remember sitting at, um, next to my hut and I was hearing from a distance, like people laughing, women laughing. And I heard, you know, with hands and like clapping and starting to sing. And suddenly it was like a choir coming closer wow. to me. And the closer they came, the more laughter I heard. And I turned around and I saw these women and they were so happy. Yeah. They were having such a good time. And it just hit me. It was like someone hitting me in the face. And I just remember like, it's not them, it's me. Yeah. I need to turn inwards. Yeah. I need to start listening and need to ask questions like, what do you want? Yeah. It's not what I want to give you. Yeah. It's what do you need? Yeah. That question started the organization from one to another. And I started working with a woman. And since then we have uh, developed 20 women centers. We wow. have over 2000 women who are now uh, working with our coaches that we are teaching the coaches and the coaches are teaching the mothers. And we have uh, uh, made a, made it possible for them to ask for scholarships for their daughters. Wow. So we've given out what, 1400 scholarships wow. right now. That's amazing. So it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. Wow. And, and I'm so proud and I'm so happy. But the thing that I bring with me most is really the situation I just, that, that just yeah. struck me, you know, it's not what I want to give you. Yeah. It's what can I help you yeah, with? What can I give to you? What, yeah. what do you need from me? Yeah. And we need to start turning it around. So even if it's like geothermal or yeah. your own company, what does other people want from you? Not yeah. what you want to sell them. Yeah. And I think that that's like the life lesson and that what really drives me in everything that I do. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. That's a, uh, it almost like almost makes me tear up, but it's like a really cool uh, story and experience to have that. I think um, we, there's a lot of selfishness or internal, like just about me and especially in America as of late, there's felt like it's everybody against everyone. And I think that's a great question you bring up to say, it shouldn't be all about me or myself or your company or whatever, but there should be a joint kind of everybody, everybody helping everyone and being together. So I think that's really awesome. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, and then, yeah, of course. Thank you for asking me. Yes. You did. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, that's what I hope for. That's why I ask those questions is because you never know what might come out. It's always different. Everyone's it catches you on the spot. So uh, the last one we'll do is just a book recommendation uh, that you would give the audience. <laughs> I'm going to hijack you, but first <laughs> I'm going to answer your question. So the recommendation that I always give is um, Dale Carnegie's book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Mm, yeah. Uh, and that book was written in the 1920s, I believe. Yeah. And it's been on the top uh, 10 list for like management literature. Wow. Uh, it has 30 principles in it that really gives you a guidance of like, if you want to like influence people and make friends and all of these things. And if you want to have a generally good life, if you follow these 30 principles, like nine out of 10 times, it's actually yeah. a tech it's book, a tech, you know, yeah. and it's easy, simple uh, principles like smile or make the other person feel uh 
liked yeah. or also like remember someone's name because it's important. Yeah. You know, all of these small little things that I that I think. So I think that that's the base of what I always recommend. And yeah. then I'm a big reader, so I have like hundreds of books that I would <laughs> yeah. like to recommend. But that's, <laughs> that's the one good. I always yeah. do. Okay. But then I would like to recommend a special book that's not coming out, that's not out on the market yet. But coming soon. But coming soon. Uh, I'm not sure if the audience remember now, if I take you back from when we started this podcast, I was telling the story about my son asking me about geothermal and me not being able to find a book. Yeah. And I don't like when things are not there. Yeah. So I decided to create something out of it. So I'm so happy to announce that actually together with Baker Hughes, yeah. uh, we are going to uh, publish a oh, book sh- on geothermal for kids. Wow. It's going to be a bedtime story for kids <laughs> about that. geothermal. So uh, I hope and uh, I will uh, reach out to many of you out there, all the people in the ge- yes. geothermal community to be able to contribute and to be able to be a part of this because I don't think that it's a baseload book. Or, uh, or generally, or a Baker Hughes book. It's a book for for our, yeah, for, for our community. And, for and I would like to also because I've written it together for all you engineers. You are thinking, oh no, a marketeer is writing a book about geothermal. But. No, I actually brought on a geologist <laughs> for this. So we had Gabriela Skog, okay. a geologist, awesome. helping okay. um, writing it. That's so awesome. that's amazing. Though. Yeah. I so that. I hope that I, people will. Everyone I will can recommend that yes, one. We can recommend it. Everyone should buy it and read it to your kids every night before they go to sleep, so yeah. that the next generation can push geothermal and make it happen. Well. So stay tuned for that. Yes, and we'll keep you guys updated for sure. Well, thank you, Christina, for sitting down with me because I really appreciate all that you are doing and Baselot is doing, and thank you for taking time to come on uh, my podcast and just talk about uh, how we make geothermal more of a just a conversation everywhere and everyone being all in together to make it happen and thank you for doing this podcast i think it's super important for our community and uh, getting so much traction and i know that your voice is is important out there we noticed it people know your voice (laughs) people know my voice by just hearing me talk yeah exactly so i hope that even more people will do this and If you like this podcast, you should share it, you should subscribe, and what more? And you should comment comment and leave us a review. Yeah, there you go. Thank (laughs) you. you. Uh, We're done now. She did the exit. (laughs) So thanks again to JRG. Thanks to Christina. And I hope that wherever you're listening to this, that you're having a wonderful day. And until next time, we will talk soon. Bye.